and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, we are once again joined by James City County's County Administrator, Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Well, glad to be back, Renee. It seems like it's been a little while. It has been a couple of months, I think, this time. So yes, we are due for an update. All right. I've got about 45 minutes worth of stuff. I'm going to squish down for you. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate. Well, you know, I guess I'll start off with spring weather. I've heard several people say they'd like for spring to be a little slower this year, and it's been an interesting spring, but it, you know, this, this week has been cooler than I thought it should be, and last weekend was in the 90s, and so it's just, I hope those that enjoy spring have enjoyed this season, that it's extended out, and as we move into June, I'm looking forward to a little more sunny days and warmer weather, so we'll see how that goes. Absolutely. Um, I'd also mention, I guess, with June comes hurricane season, right? And, it does. Uh, yeah, it goes, I think, June 1st to the end of November. And for mm-hmm. us, it tends to get a little more active in the July to September, October timeframe. Yeah. Uh, but just a reminder of the community to be able to be prepared to look after their family. We used to say three days. That's certainly a good starting point. It might move on to seven, but you just need to have your plan and supplies in place. And what I found is when you really try to put all that in place, it's a lot more stuff than you think it is. So don't wait till the last minute, uh, but be ready to take care of your, yourself and your loved ones for a few days if that should arise here. Um, yeah, you know, I want to get to the board meetings. We had a number that we had um, not reviewed that I'd like just to give a short summary of. But before that, I do want to share, I attended a law enforcement award ceremony this week, um, just recognizing the work of our law enforcement officers over the past year, from promotions to special assignments to uh, work that they've done in the community. And I will tell you, I hear about a lot of these things all year long, of saving lives, of doing CPR, of folks that are injured and bleeding and our uh, law enforcement uh, uh, officers responding to that and providing uh, excellent service. And But to have the officers standing in front of the room with family, coworkers, uh, some of our board of supervisor members, and those stories being told again was really um, very moving yesterday. And again, I just want to say thank you to all of those serving our community um, in any role, and in particular in those roles that are having to deal with people at their uh, maybe worst moments or difficult moments. And uh, we have a lot of folks to celebrate. This week, it was our law enforcement police officers. Um, and I just wanted to say, I thought they did a really good job. I'm really proud to be the county administrator here in James City County with such a group of men and women uh, looking after our community. They seem to get younger and younger each year, uh, but I guess that's the nature of things as well. And it just uh, reinforces for me, we've got a good group of people that is people move on in their careers and retire, that we've got a really good group of folks coming in behind them that will continue to serve this community going forward. So uh, the other thing before I get too lost in the board meetings I wanted to mention is tax relief. We've had an awful lot of conversation. We've tried to communicate it as part of our budget. Uh, It is still difficult to sort of get your head around what we've done because you don't see it directly. Um, So two things, as part of the budget adoption, uh, the Board of Supervisors did reduce the tax rate from 84 cents to 83 cents per $100 worth of valuation. And so what that meant in terms of money to the community or to the the county was about $1.1 million. What that meant to the average homeowner was about a $3 per month savings. So it's not a huge number, but it is a tax rate reduction. And it is some savings over what each homeowner would have been billed. And again, homeowners or property owners won't see those changes in the assessed value until their December bill. So you won't see that until the tax bills on real property that are due in December. The other probably less noticed, and again, uh, not as talked about uh, tax relief that the board approved this year, 
was related to used vehicle values. And again, used vehicle values are at an all-time high, similar to our housing right now. It's a good time if you have something to sell, to sell it, it's a bad time to have to buy it. So uh, with that said, it was projected that we, almost all of used car values would increase, meaning our residents would pay more this year in personal property tax than they paid in 2021. And that just doesn't make sense. My car is a year older, it has more miles, why would I pay more? And that's really a supply and demand. And we, we felt with the Commission of Revenues urging uh, that we should do something as well as it was probably temporary, right? The used vehicle values, once supply chain issues get resolved, at some point in the next two to three years, those prices ought to more normalize and you'd go back to having them depreciate over time. So the recommendation was to try to make it fairly uh, revenue neutral for the county, although we still have a little more revenue in our budget related to personal property taxes, but trying to help the residents not pay $100 more for a car that's a year older. And so that equated to about a $9 million savings that we did not bill our residents for. And again, what you see on the bill that came out shows assessed value at whatever your vehicle's value is that's already a reduction of 25% of its value. And so we'd be happy to talk more about that. It's not overly clear on the bill that we've done that. And we do have some limitations with those, I guess, preformed bills of how much we can share and how detailed and changing the columns is more difficult than you would imagine. Uh, but that assessed value showing up in the, in the uh, personal property or vehicle tax bills that have been mailed out recently is uh, the value that is 75%. So it's not 100% of the value. And that is the reduced uh, amount that we are assessing you on, which in many cases is going to mean you're going to pay something similar to what you paid last year. I had a case recently, last year, um, a gentleman's bill was $300. This year, his car values went up $7,000. We reduced it to 25%. It brought it back to about the value it was last year. So his tax bill this year is just about the same. And he was questioning that, and rightfully so, because it's not overly clear. And I would just say, if you have questions or, or concerns, our commissioner of the revenue, his office is more than willing to help you work through that and make sure you understand where we're getting the values from, that we have, in fact, applied uh, that reduction in the assessed value so that your tax bill at least is not significantly more than it was last year. That was the intent. Uh, but those two together are about $10 million in taxes that we did not bill uh, our, our taxpayers here in James City County. So I do want to thank the Board of Supervisors for their willingness to do that. And, and those that have asked questions trying to understand what we've done, I would certainly encourage that and happy to try to answer those for you. Anything to add on that, Renee? I know you've been part of our conversations and we've talked about it a lot um, and maybe we're through that, but I just want to make sure folks have an understanding. Yep, I think you covered it well. All right. Um, in terms of our Board of Supervisors meeting, I'm going to go back to April 12th and I want to move pretty quickly since we've had a few months, but their regular meeting in April 12th, we held four public hearings. Uh, one was on the tax increase due to the reassessments, and we had 16 speakers at that meeting. Uh, most said they would be very appreciative of some reduction in the tax rate. And as I mentioned previously, the board at a later meeting did, in fact, reduce the tax rate by a penny. So not a revenue neutral rate. But again, that was in response to the public's request that we try to do something with helping with tax rate. Uh, the other uh, item was on the budget, and we had nobody speak in a public hearing related to the budget. So I hope that believes that people are okay with what we've approved of the budget, because I'll tell you later, our Board of Supervisors has approved the FY23 budget. The other public hearing at the April 12th meeting was a six-year uh, transportation plan uh, with VDOT's planning out and what their six-year program looks like within James City County, and our board approved that. 
And then we had a Bush Gardens height waiver. It was something that had been previously approved, but it had expired. And so as that public hearing concluded with no speakers, the board approved that as well. Uh, moving to the April 26th board business meeting, we had a presentation from VDOT on what they called Project Pipeline, but it was Route 199 and a survey that had gone out to the community and was a little difficult to sort of get your head around what they were trying to get through the survey. And we had a tremendous amount of community interest and engagement uh, back to county staff because of this concern and maybe confusion with it. So they did, I think, a nice job of discussing it. And the survey here um, was a little more complicated and challenging than I think VDOT expected, but it was taking the Brookwood, Jamestown Road, and Route 5 intersections along 199 and trying to figure out how to make traffic move more efficiently. And again, what they're talking about are improvements that would be made over the next five or 10 years, not in the next few months, uh, probably millions, two to $5 million per intersection, not 40 or 50 that would cost to build an interchange. And the intent was to try to get ahead of the congestion that is building on 199. And it's not awful all the time today, but as we continue to have growth and more traffic, and you go forward in time and five years from now, the expectation is it'll be worse and 10 years from now it'll be even worse. And so it was trying to get some options in place that were relatively low cost, again, in that two to $5 million range that would help move traffic along Jamestown Road and, or excuse me, along 199, Jamestown Road and Route 5 and Brookwood better. So the big part of doing that is to make the signal stay green on Route 199 better. That's carrying more traffic than the side streets. And a big, a large way to do that is to eliminate direct left turn movements. And so that had people pretty excited about how am I going to come out of the Brookwood uh, intersection under 199. Again, the, the recommendation there was more about allowing left turns everywhere at that intersection, stopping going right straight across the street. So you couldn't go in the neighborhood across Brookwood. That would save some timing on the signal uh, on 199. The Jamestown Road and Route 5 were much more involved. And so I won't try to describe them. Left turns were still allowed in a sense. One of them you turn right and come back to go straight. And again, with all that said, at the end of the presentation, VDOT would like to revisit sort of their public engagement and outreach. Our board really just listened. So no decision was made on whether to proceed or not to proceed. Uh, but I do think there'll be another round of community engagement in the next two or three months that will likely be in person. So we have an opportunity to talk with people, hear them directly, and not just doing it through a survey. So again, I appreciate our community that was involved. I think the presentation they gave at the April 26th Board of Supervisors meeting was very good. Still didn't answer all the questions, but more to come on that is where I wanted to leave it. We also uh, had rejoined our Hampton Roads Alliance, the economic development uh, arm of the region. We have our staff. The Alliance provides a really good um, source of regional information and oversight. And so we have participated without being a member, uh, at least our economic development directors have for the last several years. We rejoined along with Williamsburg and York uh, last fall and Doug Smith, their president came and spoke to our board. So if you want an idea of what the Alliance is doing, uh, his presentation at that meeting was very good. Uh, I feel very confident it is a different organization than it was five years ago. And so that was some of our hesitancy for not joining in it um, three or four years ago. But today I feel very confident they're headed in a, a really good direction and they really will represent us well. Uh, a big part of that, it used to be all public money it is now more private money than public. And so from the public entities in Hampton Roads that are part of it, uh, we probably are sending a million and a half to two million. The private sector is matching that plus. So it's again, it's got a lot more business involvement. And I think that speaks well to uh, economic development activities and what we ought to be doing as a region. So I'm excited to be back part of the Alliance. Um, 
We also had an interesting discussion with our board about a business investment grant. Uh, we have a lot of areas within our community that redevelopment would improve the site. And so if we have an older building sitting out along one of our main corridors, uh, it's almost less expensive for somebody to go build a new building than it is to redevelop the old one. And we really don't have a redevelopment code. And so this was had come out of a request with an investor here that is redeveloping an existing building. And it requires a lot of landscaping. It requires a lot of tearing out things. It requires facade improvements. And was there anything the county could do to help? And we haven't had a grant program uh, of this nature in a while. I think we had it many years ago, but not in recent history. And a number of localities around us do. And so in talking with staff and the board, uh, our real intent is to try to re-encourage the redevelopment. Rather than leave an old building there that remains an eyesore or somebody skips it to go on to a new site, could we do something that would help a little? And so that was the discussion. And we don't have all the criteria. We will bring it back in a June or July timeframe with the idea of helping along our community character corridors, which are those main routes within James City County, probably $10,000 or so for a business that would qualify and primarily aimed at things that you can see when you ride by. One, it would encourage redevelopment of a site, but it would pay for landscaping or pay for facade improvements or other things that benefit the business, but also benefit those of us that live here. So more to come on that business investment grant program. And then again, at the April 26th meeting, the board did discuss the budget discussion, or had a budget discussion for FY23. And at that meeting did make a motion to reduce the tax rate from 84 to 83 cents, as I had mentioned, $1.1 million in county revenue. And so what I had recommended to them at a later time is some maintenance at our county complex we could defer. So that was part of that $1.1 million savings. And then a shelter for some of our specialty vehicles at our law enforcement center was delayed a year as well. And those totaled the 1.1 million that represented that tax rate decrease. So moving on to their May 10th regular meeting, we had a number of public hearings here as well. One was for was establishing the Colonial Juvenile Services Commission. It was a reformation of an existing commission that had closed their group home and it had group home in the name before, but refocusing on, on youth in our community and how to help them as they're struggling through issues within the court system. And so they did approve that. No one spoke at the public hearing. We had a tourist home they approved at 3 Marley Road. Uh, again, no one spoke against that. The applicants spoke for it. Uh, we also, uh, last summer I mentioned, we bought three buildings behind the courthouse in Courthouse Green, one primarily to be used for the voter registrar, one that we've used for our court support services, and we've leased the building for the past 20 years. And then a third was a dental and orthodontist office. And so we bought those three buildings with the intent of keeping two and selling one. And so we held a public hearing on the sale of the dental office and orthodontist office, uh, which in fact, at this point has closed. So we have sold that third building. We still own the two, the one we've leased for 20 years and the one where we've moved the voter registrar office behind the courthouse. So I think that is good for our community as well. And then we also had a public hearing on the lease of the former voter registrar office, 5300 Palmer Lane. And at this point, we are hoping to lease and intending to lease that building to the Department of Health. It's currently at the building we moved the registrar in the courthouse green. We're gonna move VDH out of that building because we need that space for county offices and move them back into Palmer Lane. Uh, and then the board did adopt the FY23 budget uh, at this meeting as well. And they accepted a grant, which our tourism staff and Carla Brittle in particular had applied for through the Virginia Tourism Corporation that would buy a stage. So we'll have a portable stage that we're able to move around to events. Uh, and in communities I've been in before, you, you have a lot of activity and use where we used to set up tents. We can pull a stage in, set it up rather quickly and have a really first class, first rate 
platform uh, to conduct either concerts or events from. And so I'm excited to have that coming and really excited there's outside grant funds to support that. That grant is also paying for a bathroom trailer. So instead of not to say we won't have porta johns uh, at our outdoor events, but we'll have a better option too. You'll have bathroom with running water, heat and air conditioning and toilets that flush. So I'm excited to have that coming for our community as well. And then also a portion of that money is going to help along with monies from uh, Williamsburg and York with a marketing campaign from our tourism council and the Boston market of trying to bring more people here. And so again, uh, good things going on, I think, within our community. And I'm almost through the meetings, Renee, so we're getting close. May 24th, uh, the board's business, Board of Supervisor business meeting, uh, they did appropriate $112,000 in COVID cost recovery funds, again, that we had received. Uh, they awarded a contract to redo the Warhill basketball courts, and so that ought to be exciting for those uh, that uh, play basketball or want to use those courts, and certainly those were in need of renovation. They approved a revised contract with the Heritage Humane Society. We do that every five years. It was time to renew the contract. And the bigger change for us is it was a little convoluted on how we calculated our space and our cost of percentage of building and square footage and utilities. Uh, we changed the funding formula so it's just $2 per capita for funding. So that will mean if we're 80,000 or almost, we're paying about $160,000 a year. We were probably playing before in the 100 to 120,000 a year. So we've increased our funding to the Heritage Humane Society. But after looking at localities around us, we are still getting a very good value for the services they provide and this uh, additional $2 per capita that we're providing to them. So that contract did get approved. Uh, and then the board also approved our public housing plan. And so that is something that it comes to them every few years for their approval. At the May 24th meeting, they held a joint meeting with our planning commission members. And I will tell you, I can't thank our planning commission members enough. They put a tremendous amount of time and effort into making good recommendations to our board of supervisors. And a lot of it is public meetings and late at night and committee meetings and emails and trying to understand, uh, but they really are, are a very good group of individuals working with a common interest of making James City County the best place it can be. And while we can't stop development, trying to make sure that development incorporates a lot of what we hear from our residents and community members about rural character and not overcrowding and all these things. And so I just wanna take that opportunity to thank them. The joint meeting was relatively short, but it was good to have our two boards together. They also had an overview of the Board of Supervisors of our open space preservation program, and they have funded a 1.25 million in the FY23 budget for that program to continue to move forward. Um, we also heard an update of our natural and cultural assets plan, which has really reached out to the community beyond what's just obvious to us on maps and other things of uh, important places. What's important to you? And so we've had a uh, 150 or 200 survey respondents uh, sharing what they believe is important. There is a community meeting June 29th, four to seven at our recreation center. Again, June 29th, four to seven at our recreation center. So if you have an interest or haven't had an opportunity to comment, I would encourage you to come out and learn more about it. It's really a floating meeting, so you can come anytime during that time. Uh, but if you have a spot in James City County that you think we ought to be aware of in terms of being special and recognized, we wanna make sure we've asked for that input as well. And it will be part of the study. Scott, the, I, I, can um, we clarify? The May 24th meeting that are pretty significant. One is we did approve the joint agreement with the city of Williamsburg to continue to jointly fund the Williamsburg James City County School Division. And again, similar contract, we renew it every five years. We've had a joint system, as I'm told, sometimes since about 1950. So we don't really want to undo that. I think what we have works pretty well. Three significant changes. One was year-end funding. When the school division gets to the end of their budget and they figure out in September what their 
end of year money was. And it takes that long for all of us, a couple months after our physical year. So September, they figured it out. They're trying to appropriate and spend that money by December. Uh, that's been a really rushed process. And so we changed it so that year-end Monday money goes into a special account. The county would hold that money for the school division. 90% of it would go into an account to really come back at the budget process time and be talked about then primarily for CIP projects or capital improvement projects. Uh, but again, still money to be reserved mostly for the school division, but not have as rushed a process for appropriating that as we've done in years past. Second major change to the contract was a state uh, sales tax for education. It had been coming to the localities and then we would send it to the school division as part of our budget. Uh, it's a 10 to $12 million number. And I think that number has increased this year. Uh, Again, we changed that practice in FY22, so we already have, are doing it in our current year, and we just changed the agreement to replicate what we're currently doing. And then the third change had to do with voting, a supermajority requirement of the school board, uh, and we hope that uh, we will encourage them to consider that on budget items, capital improvement items, and the hiring of a superintendent. We felt that was important <clears throat> to make sure that there was a majority, a supermajority of the board on those items. Uh, and then the last thing the board discussed at their May meeting was a building consolidation study. <clears throat> and I will tell you, we have been talking about space needs within the county for some period of time. And this building consolidation study is sort of the last part of that. So we started a space needs study two or three years ago. It said we needed more space. We really are about 400,000 square feet of building space today in county facilities. We really need about 550,000 square feet today. And then when we look out at 2040, we need over 600,000 square feet. So we need almost 50% more office space than we have today to serve this community for the next 20 years based on where we are today in, in staffing and population and where we expect to be in 20 years. So that started, that led to a facilities master plan, which again identified where you might expand from fire stations um, to parks and recreation administrative space, to general government, to police and fire. And so we've worked in general services and social service. So it took a full account of what you might have as high level options at all those sites. That led to there's some conversation about with our board about the government complex. And again, are we in the right space? Uh, do, do we just continue to add on, add buildings, or do we do something different? And so we've had at the Board of Supervisors retreat for the past two years, we've talked about the county complex. And at this point, the, the board seems uh, uniform in that being at the southern end of the county it, with your government center may not be the right location. That as we're growing and the population is moving, really our centroid of population is somewhere in the Long Hill Road area in 199 up through Warhill. Sort of that circle is where they're looking. The centroid's in the Long Hill Road just south of that today, but more growth is occurring up in the Stonehouse um, district within James City County, and so it'll creep forward as the years go on. Uh, but certainly the War Hill to Long Hill Road 199 area gets us into a more accessible location to more of our residents. And so I think that's a, a strong desire of our board. Uh, this consolidation study sort of talked about, well, what happens is you, if you just look at, you don't build a new building or you move, you just expand as you need it, need the space or you build a new building, what does that cost? And at the end of the day, both of those costs are in the 90 to $100, $100 million range. So it's a significant investment. But if you build a new building, it's more of an upfront, here's a one-time cost. If you continue to expand, it's more of an expansion cost as we go through the years. And so that is what this consolidation study was trying to present. Is it, uh, does it make financial sense to build a new complex versus just expanding in place? 
I think it does. So it's one of those things the board is now going to have some more conversation about what that means in terms of sites. And again, I think there'll be an opportunity for a lot of community conversation about that. But we do need building space, that's for sure. And included as part of our FY23 budget is the design of a general services building. So that will address some of our space needs. Again, these buildings we bought behind the courthouse, addressing some of our other space needs for voter registrar and some other departments. But we still have a significant need for our general government. And we're working through what options there may be with that. All right. So, Scott, before we move on, I do have a point of clarification and okay. a question. All right. Point of clarification, the cultural assets meeting that yes. is in June, yes. you, you had said that it is a floating meeting. Yes. We have to be careful when we're talking about the recreation center. People can wear regular clothes. They won't be in the pool. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And then, <laughs> so the pool is not involved. I've been holding on to this for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Then a real question. So the stage, that is very, very exciting. Do we have any idea of when that should become a real thing? Um, it's going to be a real thing as soon as we get it ordered. Okay. I mean, it's here. I mean, it's not here, but it's ordered. I don't know how long it takes to get it. Okay. With all the supply chain things, but it's approved to buy it. That's excellent. That's very exciting. And it's a, you know, it's a $200,000 expenditure. So it's a nice stage. Nice stage. Yeah. Nice. Good. Looking forward to it. I don't know okay. how to clarify that for you now. <laughs> huh? I don't know how to clarify that. No, back no, that you time. did good. That was the question. So okay. that was good. All right. So you were saying we're done with the board meetings. All right. I'm going to start back with that. <laughs> I'm going to say we're done with the board meetings. Can I start there? Okay. You're giving me, I'm not going to edit this out. So yeah, that would be great. <laughs> For everybody watching and listening, we just had a pretty significant technical glitch in the podcast. It appears that Scott may have muted me. And so when I was trying to talk to him, he couldn't hear me. So, but he's told me now I'm not muted, right? That's correct. I can okay. hear you now, Renee. And, you know, I like that I have that button hidden under there. And uh, <laughs> I might need to use it a little more often. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we have covered all the board meetings. That yes, is done. We are through the board meetings and, and moving on to a few other just yes. updates. So, yes. uh, again, after 45 minutes, here we are. Um, <laughs> I mentioned a couple months ago we were considering a business grant or our board of supervisors to discuss that. Uh, circling back, it is a COVID small business relief grants up to $15,000. Uh, we had $700,000 of outside money for this grant. Uh, today, we have about $600,000 of that uh, really allocated towards applica applicants that we believe qualify. So I'm really excited about that, uh, which means you still have a little time to apply if you haven't gotten it in. And I would certainly encourage our small business community to do it. Uh, the grant has really three requirements. We will pay up to $15,000, so that's the max, to cover more mortgage or rent for a six-month period. Uh, so that occurred since March of 2020, or six months of utilities, whichever is more, we would cover that. You can't have received funding for that same expense from some other source. Uh, so again, you have to have a six-month period for which you didn't receive mortgage or rent assistance from somewhere else, and this grant will provide that. It's for businesses with 20 or fewer full-time employees anytime during the COVID experience. So if you had more than 20 pre-COVID, but you reduced your staff to less than 20 during COVID sometime, you would qualify. You just need to clarify that. And again, if you have part-time people, 
two people that work 20 hours a week would count as one full time. So uh, we'll help you through that if you have questions or if you're on the edge, but certainly the requirement is 20 or fewer full time equivalent positions. And then you have to have been in business, you have to one be a James City County business, your business has to be located here, and you have to have had a business license with us for the past three years. So that means for 22, for 21, and for 20, and really it means it's not, this program is not for startups, it is for businesses that have made it through COVID and just trying to provide some additional assistance uh, from an outside funding source to help with that. And so again, really excited that in a, um, a pretty short time, we have most of the money allocated. Uh, we are told that if we get the whole $700,000 spent, there is likely some additional funding. So if you're worried that, hey, I'll submit it and they'll run out, we may, but I would certainly encourage you to submit your application uh, and work through that. So far, the feedback has been very good and we are uh, sending out checks uh, to those that have been approved. So I'm excited about that service where and the help we're able to offer our community. I also want to mention our Historic Triangle Recreational Facilities Authority. I haven't provided an update on that uh, in a few months, and the reality is we haven't met until recently. We met in May. Uh, we met in February. We did not have a meeting in March and April. Uh, and back in May, we had, again, this, the, the Historic Triangle Recreational Facilities Authority is working to build a sports facility complex, an indoor facility about 150 to 200,000 square feet, 12 basketball courts that could be 24 volleyball courts that could be 36 pickleball or wrestling or whatever else you might do inside. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's likely to be located at the Colonial Williamsburg Visitor Center. The authority was officially formed last fall, and it is a formation of the three localities, James City County, York County, and the city of Williamsburg. Back when we formed in January, we received two unsolicited proposals from developers that build these kinds of things. And so we made the decision to accept those proposals in terms of we would evaluate them and see if they work for us. A period of time had to elapse where we invited others to submit proposals. We did receive one other proposal, but it wasn't for building a facility. It was just for operating. So at our May meeting, we um, determined that that was not one we would consider. And so we're moving forward with these two proposals. And we are forming a subcommittee of interested parties uh, from each community, two or three members from each locality, to help the authority in making a good selection. And so we can work through these two proposals we've received. A lot of the information is confidential, but we can work through the ideas and select from, we like this idea from this proposal, we like this idea from that one, and ask them to give us a more refined proposal that we consider that we can consider. And so we are gonna have some discussions at our June meeting. Much of that may be in closed session, but I did want the community to know it's moving forward. It is at a significant cost. We're talking about a facility that is probably $40 million. A big part of it will be paid by a portion of this 1% sales tax that is out there. And then our portion is estimated to be about half a million dollars a year for James City County in terms of operating costs of this facility. We need the gym space. So it's a really good value for us to be able to get a gym in place that's here Monday through Thursday for our community needs because we need it during that time. And with the idea of bringing in visitors to our community Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I think it's a really good project. I do think it will pay for itself, just not directly. And I say that because the rental of the facility uh, will probably show as a loss. That's our half million dollars trying to, to cover that. What we don't include in that directly is meals tax and sales tax and hotel motel taxes, 
And if people come to spend here for a weekend tournament, they will eat here and buy things here and some will stay the night here. So I do believe based on the studies that have been done that it will be a cash flow positive very early in its existence. So I'm excited about the discussion and the evaluation and we'll see where that moves forward in the coming months. And then the last study that I wanna refer back to is, is a consolidation, a waste collection and consolidation study. We did this really during much of FY or the calendar year uh, 2021. We presented the results to our board of supervisors in November of 21, so last fall, and we've had enough going on that I just hadn't had an opportunity where I thought it was the right time to bring it back to our board for discussion. In talking with our board chair, I do believe we'll have it back in front of our board of supervisors in the June or July timeframe to talk about the value and do we move forward. And if we move forward, I, the next step for me, and I believe we would all support, is coming out and having some community meetings, right? Talking with residents in person to talk about the study, what it means. And I will tell you the survey responses we had set a very high bar. Bar People are generally pleased with their solid waste services. At least that's what we heard last year. And so can we make it better? I don't want to tell you we can make it better. I think we can maintain that uh, satisfaction because the satisfaction level is very high. What the study brought out for me of some of the benefit, one, I think we can provide the same or better service for slightly less cost, meaning five to $10 less per month for comprehensive service that includes recycling and bulk pickup and weekly garbage service. So I think we can provide a good or better service for slightly less cost, five or $10 a month less. But the bigger benefits to me for our community that I hadn't really realized are two. One, with five or six providers in our county today, they travel almost 6,000 miles a week and picking up garbage because they're running a lot of the same routes. They're running over the same roads. With six providers, they're not efficient. Uh, if we went down to one provider within James City County, that's reduced to all, about 2,000 miles per week. Well, that is a significant reduction in primarily truck vehicles traveled. And I will tell you a, lot, a significant part of our littering, in my opinion, and based on my observation, comes from trucks that lose trash. Uh, I have personally called a number of these companies when I see the trash coming off their truck. They have been very responsive to go out and do litter pickup in an area, but I know there are plenty of time where it's not seen or not reported. And a lot of the litter that is out there, just the nature of the business and trying to capture all that with these automated vehicles, it's difficult. So getting it down to one provider that travels our roads uh, a fourth or a third of the time, I think would be better in that as well as actual truck traffic on the road. The other benefit that came out of the study that I hadn't anticipated we have some neighborhoods that have multiple providers. So it may mean you have trash cans out on the street three different days that week, which really means you have trash cans on the street more than you don't have them on the street. And while the trash cans aren't an incredible eyesore, again, in my opinion, I don't really want them out by the edge of the road all week long either. And we have some neighborhoods where because they have multiple providers, that is an ongoing issue for them. And so I think yeah, if we move forward with consolidation, whether we hire staff and buy trucks or whether we hire one contractor to do it, uh, we do want to have some more conversation with our board to get direction. And if we were to move forward, we will come to the community or I expect we will uh, for some personal one-on-one -on -one discussion to talk about the pros and cons and whether we move forward or not. It's still a multi-year implementation, so it's not something that will happen soon in terms of doing it, but I think those conversations will happen in the next three to six months. So. With that said, Renee, and our little bit of a delay in the middle, uh, I would see is there anything else that I left off you think we ought to talk about today or does that do it? 
I know that you don't want me to bring this up probably, but I'm going to anyway. COVID is still out there in our community and there are still vaccinations available <clears throat> and boosters. And so I would just encourage people to talk with their doctors and make the right choices for them. Um, you know, uh, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. I didn't intentionally leave it <laughs> off. Um, and I will tell you within our workforce and community, we are still watching the case counts. And while we had a pretty high count in January and February that dropped off significantly in March and April, it is significantly back up in May. Uh, I know within our workforce, uh, it, there are many more cases within our county employees than there were. Uh, the good news, if there is any associated with all this, the cases seem to be milder. And so again, as we talk with our hospital systems and medical professionals, where in the first wave, for sure, the hospitals saw a huge spike of people, that has not been the case currently. And so right. I am more optimistic that what we're seeing today, vaccine or strain of the virus or whatever, it is better. And so I do appreciate that reminder. And we'll just tell people if they're eligible for a booster, I, I believe it's the right thing to do. I've done it personally. I know folks struggle with that. Um, but I think for me, it's it, it's been a good choice and provided a lot of comfort for me. So I appreciate you mentioning that. And I do think we'll get through it. It's mm -hmm. been really nice to be back around people because we have been and yes. not as masks because uh, we can see faces. I didn't realize that I miss seeing people's faces right. quite so much, but it's nice to see uh, them smile or not, whichever way they're going uh, in our particular conversation. But uh, anyhow, I do think you're right to be cautious and aware and it's not gone yet. So mm -hmm. absolutely. What else? I think that that's all that I would have to add. I know that we just finished a fun concert series, right? That was at Sullivan Square. We did. I appreciate you mentioning that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, uh, we have done a Jamestown Beach event series and we just looked at, we did it with mostly volunteers and we brought people in Friday evenings and we were just trying to see, was there a better way? So we had a committee form last fall to sort of discuss that. And the recommendation was not to compete with the city of Williamsburg's concerts or York County's concerts because some of all of us go to those. And so they did do it in Sullivan Square in Newtown. We held three uh, this spring. Uh, they were attended in I say fairly well from 500 to 800 people. Uh, we could have had a few more, but they were well attended, uh, by and large, well run. Uh, I will want to commend the Newtown uh, Commercial Association for partnering with us. I mean, the cost, they split it 50-50 with us. And we really got out of our staff volunteering and being there early and being there late to paying less money, doing it during the week with somebody else running it for us. Uh, and I think for the experience of those there, it was a very good experience. So the committee will reevaluate. Do we do more of that? And do we do it in Sullivan Square again or do we do it elsewhere? Uh, but I would expect we'll be back in Sullivan Square some, not weekly maybe, but in the fall, we'll let these other concert series run out and then pick some times, maybe September, October timeframe where we can continue it. And so the other half of being back in, in Newtown or back in your businesses is my hope is we'll have some spillover into businesses. And I don't know, haven't had enough feedback from the business community. I have talked to a number of people in the audiences to say, where are you headed? Or they've offered that they were headed to have dinner or they had dinner before and came to the concert. So I hope that'll work well for our business community as well. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all I would have to add. Well, the only thing I would add to, again, it's spring and summer. It's a nice time outside. Get outside, enjoy it, move around. That's supposed to be good for us. Whether you're moving fast or slow, I'm told moving's good. And so I'm somewhere in between the fast and slow, but I do try to do my part and walk a little bit and get out and enjoy the parks and the weather. So thanks for putting us together, Renee. Absolutely. Well, as always, Scott, thank you so much. You really do a great job and you condense a whole lot of stuff into a short period and 
I really appreciate it. Well, you, you probably have to say that, but I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> no, actually, I don't. If I, oh, right. <laughs> I'd let you know. Don't worry. Very good. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please be sure to subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode. And go online to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can complete. Give us show ideas, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you soon.